Welcome to Fearless Mom. We are smack dab in the middle of the Pirate Parenting Series where we are seeing what it takes, seeing what we need to do to be relentless in our pursuit of happy, healthy children. And today we are going to talk about the significance of and how to teach gratitude to our children. There is so much research. Y'all know I love my research now. Sociological studies, psychological studies that actually prove that you can increase your happiness by doing something as simple as saying thank you. One of the very first things we teach our kids to say is thank you. And studies show that there is a direct correlation between your attitude of gratitude and your level of happiness. I mean, that means that there is something that everyone can do, from the youngest to the oldest. It is within our control to increase our level of happiness. And after all, that's what we're doing in pirate parenting. It's all about the relentless pursuit of raising up happy, healthy children. And so if there are things that we can teach our kids that are proven to increase their happiness, then by golly, we're going to do it. But first, I want to welcome in our online moms. Online moms, if you are listening or watching, we are grateful for the gift of technology that connects us with you. Our prayer is that you feel this group of Austin moms cheering you on. We believe in you. You can do it. And it's okay if you don't have it all figured out now. We don't either, but we are walking alongside you and we believe in you. So let's get started with the word of prayer because this lesson today is one of the antidotes to one of our most devastating trends in our world today. So we've got a lot to say. So let's pray. God, I thank you so much for this day. I thank you, God, for the gift of motherhood. I thank you, God, for the gift of technology that allows us to reach out beyond the walls of our church. I thank you, God, for every mother here, for every mother, every dad listening. God, I ask right now that you settle our hearts, that you open our eyes and our ears so that we can see and hear what you want us to see and hear today. So we can learn to be the moms that you created us to be, to raise up these kids to be the men and women you've created them to be. In Jesus' name. And everybody said? Amen. Now, if you've known me longer than five minutes, you know that I love Christmas. I think it's the most wonderful time of the year, literally. I know it's a saying, but I like really believe it. So much so that when we talk to our children who are now young adults about who they marry, I may follow it up with, don't ruin my Christmas. And what I mean by that, I'm sort of joking, not really, because if someone marries a loser and they bring him or her home every holiday, there's potential that my Christmas can be ruined there. You see where I'm going? It's a big deal. What I'm really trying to teach them is hashtag who you marry matters. But, I mean, come on now, don't be messing with my Christmas. And so many years ago, I remember a Christmas in particular where we changed the way we did Christmas every year following. Emily was three. Joseph was one. We had just moved to Austin. It was our first Christmas in Austin. And um, the kids were three and one. They came out of their rooms. Joseph saw the teepee, which must have looked like a 10-story building to him, you know, at age one. Saw the teepee that Santa had brought him. He ran into it and never came out for the whole morning. Emily 
walked out, looked around, stood right next to her shiny pink Barbie bicycle with the tassels, you know, in the white basket, all the other gifts, and said, I asked him for a Barbie watch. Fortunately for Emily, her father was preoccupied with Joseph in the teepee because I knew what would happen if Matt had seen it. You see, the truth was Emily had asked for that Barbie watch. The truth was that she had added that to her list as she had every other thing she had seen since Thanksgiving. But you see, the truth was also that if Matt had seen her walk out and stand next to the bicycle and say, I asked him, for a Barbie watch. He would have seen her as ungrateful. He would have then made sure that she had negative consequences so as never to feel that way again. And then it would have ruined my Christmas. So I quickly intervened, focused on a few other things, and we got the thing going. And then from that Christmas on, everybody was allowed to ask Santa for one thing. One thing. People would say, oh, is that like, you know, the three magi? Um, you know, you ask for three gifts, like Jesus is the only way. I go, no, it's so they don't ruin my Christmas. <laughs> I, I'd love to tell you it has some spiritual thing behind it, but no, I was thinking about this is my favorite day of the year, and nobody's going to mess it up. You see, if we're not careful, you know, we, we can laugh at Emily, and it's possible you could even accuse her of being ungrateful. You see, Emily's not a terrible, no good, very bad kid. That day she was three years old, three it's my job as mom. The fact is, every single human comes into this world with a predisposition towards self-promotion and self-preservation. We're all that way. It comes out in different ways. It manifests itself differently in every person. But every single one of us by nature is selfish, and that is called being human. But my responsibility, my job as Emily's mom, as Joseph's mom, is to then equip them, to teach them, to train them, to direct and correct. If I know their lives work better if they live with an attitude of gratitude, which we've already said, all studies show, if I know that to be true, then it's my responsibility to figure out how to teach that. Every kid is different. Every family is different. But I embrace the responsibility to teach gratitude. And again, I say, it, she was very lucky that Mac, I did tell him, I had to tell him later, but it was after, it was like the next day, you know. Um, but it's so important that we understand. There is an epidemic in this world today. Actually, to be honest, I think it's been around forever but we tend to talk about it a lot today. We talk about entitlement. This generation has a sense of entitlement. This generation has never really struggled. This generation, they all walk around as if everyone owes them something. Well, here, here's the deal. That's humanity. But there is something we can do. There are choices we can make and actions we can take to fight that entitlement. When we talk in, uh, you know, fearless mom all the time, if you tell me, I don't want my children to be entitled, I go, good goal. But what I'd love to know is what you do want. So instead of parenting away from a fear, I'm afraid my kids are going to be spoiled. I'm afraid my kids are ungrateful. I'm afraid my kids are entitled. Tell me what you do want. 
What I do want is a child with a grateful heart. What I do want is a child who is able to see the good even when things look bad. What I do want is a child who assumes responsibility and does not feel owed anything. So tell me what you do want. We want kids who understand and embrace authority, responsibility, gratitude, and honesty. And so that is how you fight those things. But we're not going to focus on what we don't want. We're going to focus on what we do want. So what does it look like? A child, a young adult, an adult who is grateful, who has gratitude. Look in your notes. Someone who understands and embraces gratitude says please and thank you. This adverb is super important. Reflexively. It is just part of their language. They say please and thank you reflexively. The goal, obviously, is please and thank you every single time without reminder or prompt. Hey, it takes practice, but your goal is the adult. That's when you, you're the prayers that they're doing it without reminder or prompt. Now, it also means someone who understands and embraces gratitude understands the relationship of work and reward. It's cause and effect. I work for this, I receive reward. Even when given gifts, they understand. Somebody worked hard. Santa's elves, it may be Grandy, it may be mom and dad, it may be the neighbor. Somebody worked hard and chose to share. And so they understand that somebody worked for that, the, con the connection between work and reward. And they're willing to earn and purchase items themselves as they get older. That is, there's so many levels of learning that go on in teaching your child to work for a goal. It's the self-control. It's the long-term gain. I don't have time to get into all that. I, I wish I could speak. I could probably do a whole lecture on the uh, relationship between work and reward. But just go ahead and lock that back there and think, oh, I need to ask her about that sometime. Okay, the next one. Doesn't expect, doesn't expect or feel entitled to favor. Doesn't expect or feel entitled to favor. Here's the deal, guys. Favor is random. Blessings are random. Just as evil is random, you know, you, you can't choose who gets sick. You can't choose, you know, bad things happen to, natural disaster, whatever. Favor is just as random. Blessings. You know, we can't look at someone who seems to have it all together and they've gotten, you know, why does everything work out for her? We don't know. It just, sometimes it just does. Our children need to learn life's not always fair, but God is always good. Life's not always fair, but God is always good. I don't expect or feel entitled to favor all the time. Here's the deal. <clears throat> we talk a lot about the victim mentality and parenting away from that, you know, parenting toward gratitude, parenting toward responsibility. Gratitude and responsibility are the antidote to the victim mentality and to, um, you know, entitlement. So what I want is not a child who feels like, you know, who gets to a certain age, maybe I've intervened, maybe I've helped, I've, I've gotten them this far, I've prepared the path for them, you know. Instead of preparing my child for the path, I've prepared the path. And so they've really never struggled, never experienced disappointment, never experienced hurt. We'll see then what happens when they do experience disappointment, hurt, and struggle. So what we want is, our prayer is, that we're equipping our kids and giving them opportunities to develop that resilience so that they don't expect or feel entitled to favor. Um, grandparents, I'm going to encourage you, if you see your grandparent, if you see your grandchildren regularly, just don't give them a gift every time. You know, just randomly. That way they don't expect it every time. 
It's like an exciting thing. So parents, same thing with you. We just wouldn't get a gift every time. It's random. That's one way to curtail that entitlement or that expectation. Um, and the next one, and you guys, this is huge, celebrates, celebrates when others receive favor. A good friend mourns with those who mourn. A great friend celebrates with those who celebrate. It's much easier to grieve with someone who did not get what they wanted than it is to celebrate with someone who got what they wanted or maybe who got what you wanted. That is the trick. And we want to instill no entitlement. I don't deserve it just because I'm me. Um, you know, everybody works. Favor is random. I'm able to celebrate when someone else receives favor. This is why in our house we play board games. I know y'all get sick of me talking about board games. There's so many values. If you don't play board games, start now. Here's the deal. Play games of chance. Games of chance allow them to see that favor is random. Games of chance allow them to see that, give them, give them the opportunity to say, I'm so happy for you. And sometimes they do it through gritted teeth. But it's so important to learn to celebrate with those who celebrate. Yes, we validate the disappointment. We validate the frustration. We love competitive kids. Now, I'm so happy for you. And sometimes, you know, you have to work on that facial expression during, I'm so happy for you. That's right. But they begin to understand that life is not always fair. A part of celebrating when others receive favor is generosity. Give your child opportunities to be generous. There is a direct correlation, you know, direct connection with generosity and gratitude. Um, it, it is about giving. It is about feeling like you're giving. It's not just about the recipient. It's about the feeling of giving. Um, there's so much value in that when you're trying to instill a heart of gratitude. Now, we believe at Fearless Mom that the Bible is God's word and that when God gives directives and when God gives um, commands, that he is doing that as an expression of and reflection of his love. We believe that God is our creator and that when he gives those commands, he is saying, I made you. I know how your life works best. If you submit your life to his laws and your ways to his word, your life will be better. You may not believe that. This is what I'm going to ask you to do as we look at these scripture. Just consider if your life would be better if you did these things. Even if you don't believe the Bible is God's word, you can read it, as I said before, as a parenting book. And again, there's so much study that supports this. 1 Thessalonians 5.18. Be thankful in all. Everybody say all. Uh-oh, half of you said it. Be thankful in all. Everybody say all. Yeah, I'm going to make you do it five times. You know why? Because children repeat what you reward, so do adults, okay? And so be thankful in all circumstances, for this is God's will for you who, to, to, who belong to Christ Jesus. And this Psalm 118, 24, you, you may need to put this on your mirror, you know? This is the day that the Lord has made, and you have to fake a smile sometimes when you say it. I will rejoice and be glad in it. Look at me right now. Let us rejoice and be glad in it. Perhaps that's how you should start your breakfast every day. This is the day that the Lord has made, therefore I will let you survive today. Um, let us rejoice and be glad in it. Psalm 136.1, give thanks to the Lord for he is good. His faithful love endures forever. This is a great memory verse. Life's not always fair, but God is always 
God is always good. It's a good thing to instill in their hearts. God, I've hidden your word in my heart that I might not sin against you. You want to arm your children for life? Go ahead and deposit those scriptures in their heart. Do what you need to. If you need to reward with cookies and money for them to memorize scripture, you go for it. Um, Don't worry about anything. What? Back up. Don't worry about anything. Instead... Pray about everything. Tell God what you need and thank him for all he has done. Thank him. If you don't already, I would encourage you to get a gratitude journal. Start your day, end your day. Teach your children. Start your day, end your day. What am I thankful for? What am I grateful for? Study show, guys. There are, there are so many. I think it's called, there's the happiness project. There's the science of happiness. There are all kinds of things out there that show the direct correlation between not just feeling gratitude, but expressing gratitude and your level of happiness. I'm going to tell you some of the research. Grateful people... Grateful people will have a stronger bond with the local community, more satisfying relationships with others, and will be better liked. Grateful people will have 10% fewer stress-related illnesses, they will be more physically fit, and they will have blood pressure that is lower. Think about this. Their blood pressure is lower by 12%. What? Just by being grateful. It is a shift in your mindset. It is a choice to focus on the blessings. And you, it will, there are many health benefits. In the early 2000s, they started doing studies to see how it benefited or if it benefited children and teens. Children and teens who are more grateful have 13% fewer fights and arguments, and they are 20% more likely to get A's. A grateful heart affects your academic achievement. Isn't that so interesting? A grateful heart affects your academic achievement. If you want to set your kid up for his best life, just teach him to say please and thank you. It's amazing, isn't it? It seems so simple. Grateful teens are 10 times less likely to start smoking. Grateful teens are less likely to abuse drugs and alcohol, less likely to be depressed, and have behavioral problems at school. Does this mean, oh my gosh, this is awesome. If I teach my kid to say please and thank you, he will make straight A's and he will never struggle with relationships. No. No, but if we know there's something we can do to arm our kids, to set them up for the best life, then that's what we know. doesn't mean, oh, this will put a force field around your children and he or she will never struggle because he is always so grateful. That's not what it means. It does mean, though, science shows, Scripture says that the best life, if we want to set our kids up for the best life, it is with an attitude of gratitude. Um, Here's the deal about gratitude. It can be learned. We, uh, Emily was born with a predisposition to see um, what needed to be changed, what needed to be improved. That is awesome. That is a skill. That is why Emily is our staff editor. That is why when Mac wrote a book, who do you think edited it three times before it went to print? That is a skill. You want your architect, your dentist, your um, engineer, you want them to have that skill to see what needs to be improved. It's a wonderful thing. I'm very fortunate that someone told me when Emily was very young, don't tell her she's negative. Don't tell her she's negative. Because I would see it, you know, um, as like, gosh, why does she always see what needs to be changed? Why can't she see how awesome it is? Well, see, that's a gift. 
That's a gift. It was my responsibility. I didn't want to change her. I wanted to channel her. It was my responsibility to teach her how to use that positively. You see, Emily went to Disney World with um, her grandparents. She's the oldest grandchild. So when mom and dad had said when she's five, you know, we're going to take her to Disney World. She spent four days at Disney World as queen. I mean, literally, she got the evil queen painted on her face. Um, but she, yeah, of all the Disney characters, please. But um, so she got everything she wanted. The schedule revolved around her. The activities revolved around her. It was simply Emily and my parents. They did everything Emily wanted to do. So she came home. She got off the airplane. Um, we had talked to her every night, you know, and she, she ran up to me. I hugged her, and I said, Emily, how was Disney World? She said, I wanted to wear my white sandals. <laughs> well, see, she'd been holding that in because mom had made her wear her tennis shoes every day, you know, because they were doing so much walking around. Fortunately for me, someone had said, don't tell her she's negative. I could have gotten very upset. I could have thought, you are so ungrateful. But see, that's a skill she has. That's what makes her a great editor. So what I did was I validated. I go, I know you love those white sandals. Tell me three things that were awesome. And then she, I validated her feeling. She wanted me to hear her. And then she went on to tell me how awesome everything was. If you perhaps yourself have a tendency to see what needs to be fixed, to see what needs to be changed. Understand that that's a gift. That's a gift that can be used in many ways to help many people. But if you have that gift, then perhaps you need to work twice as hard to recognize before saying out loud, I tend to see what needs to be fixed. I tend to see what needs improvement. But let me instead focus on the blessing. Let me instead choose to articulate the good. You see, we don't want to minimize the negative. We don't want to say, no, nothing is bad because bad things do happen. You validate that, but then choose, does that make sense? Choose to articulate the good. Choose to focus on the positive. And if you have a child um, like that, then you validate and go, you know, I see that you, know, you wanted, you know, I know that you wanted that Barbie watch. Let's check out the bike, you know, let's check out, let's look at the other things. Don't take it personally and overreact. We validate and then we teach them to focus on the positive teach them to acknowledge the gifts. It can be learned. Um, I love Christmas. You know that about me. I also watch a lot of crime TV. And I always think a crime is going on around me. I always think I'm witnessing a crime right now and I'm going to get to testify. Um, like I'm, I'm writing down, like legit, I write down license plates and I look at the clock and I already imagine what it's going to be like totally like law and order. I know it's just like law and order. And so I'm always imagining these things. But I know a lot about crime and, and uh, police force and stuff because I watch crime TV. Um, so if you need me to solve a crime, give me a ring. I'm your girl. But one thing I know about people, whether it's in the military or it's in security or, you know, any uh, police officer or anything like that, they are trained to walk into a group setting and see things differently than we are. They notice the long coat. They notice the backpack. They are trained to see those things. And after they've been trained to see those things, they can't turn it off. It's like any setting. It doesn't matter if it's been 20 years since they did that. They walk into a setting, and that's how they see things. Just like 
those people. See, in my mind, I am a crime solver. So, so I believe that we can train ourselves. To, we can. We can retrain our brain to quit the stinking thinking and focus on the positive. I can train my brain to see that. And so how am I going to do that? I do it every single day. I start my day. I end my day. What am I grateful for? If I catch myself, God, help me to see when I'm focusing on the negative. Sometimes we have to because sometimes we have the responsibility of making things better. God, help me to see that so that I can then focus on gratitude because studies show, the research shows, I can increase the level of happiness. And when mama's happy, everybody's happy. And so I can increase the level of happiness in my family. Studies have been done about couples, married couples. And so they got them together and they told them to face each other and tell each other what they were thankful for. It was like a, a, a thankful, you know, session. And so they told them. Then they went back and visited those people six months later. Every couple said that just that session, just that session of expressing gratitude, not just feeling it, but expressing it, just that session put their marriage on an upward spiral. It's amazing. It's amazing. So if I know that, then I can choose to do it. I can choose to train my brain and pick out the positive. I want to be like an investigator. I want to be like a, a police officer. So when I walk into my home, I pick out the positive. I want my kids to be like that. I want them to walk into the school, pick out the positive. I want them to walk onto that college campus, pick out the positive. I want them in the board meeting when they are CEO or vice president, whatever, and they go, I can pick out the positive. I can pick out the positive. I need to see the negative sometimes, but I'm going to focus on the positive, and I'm going to feel grateful. I'm going to express thanks, and I'm going to be generous. I'm going to feel grateful. I'm going to express thanks, and I'm going to to be generous. Those are three things that you can choose to do. It doesn't matter where you're born, how you're born. It doesn't matter how old you are. You can choose to do those three things. I'm going to feel grateful. I'm going to express thanks, and I'm going to be generous. Feel grateful, express thanks, be generous. Your child's having a bad day. What if we teach them this skill? What if we teach them, hey, when you go in your class today, you know that teacher that really you and she butt heads and you don't care for her that much? Let's tell her thank you. Let's write her a thank you note and give her chocolate because everybody loves that. Let's, let's, let's feel grateful. Tell me three things that you like about her. It may be her fingernails, you know. I mean, it, it may be the shoes she wears. Let's focus on those and then let's express gratitude and then let's be generous. Let's see what we can do within our control. You see it again? Removing the victim mentality. I'm not a victim of that teacher. I'm now, I'm in control of how I respond to her. You see how it connects? You see how you get rid of that victim mentality? You get rid of that sense of entitlement? You know, she should love me. Everyone loves me. She should love me. Emily, there was a teacher that she was just convinced hated her in third grade. And I go, you're right. I bet she is sitting around with all the other teachers today. And they are all talking about, wow, that Emily Richard, you know. And so we kind of joke about it. We kind of and I go, Emily, she, it's not that she doesn't like you. You need to let her know you like her. Let her know you like her. Let's flip it around. What can they control? Let's give them that. Give them, empower them with choice. Empower them with control. Um, say please and thank you. How do we teach this? Please and thank you, guys. Basic. 
It should be some of the first things you teach. You can teach sign language, please. Thank you. And here's the deal. Children, repeat what you reward. Children, repeat what you reward. If I say to my child, if my child asks me for something, and I'll say, say please, and they don't say it, I'm not going to give it to them. If I give it to them, what do they learn? Well, I don't really have to say please. And then as they get older, see, it's real common sense if you stop and think about it. But be aware. Am I waiting? Am I okay with the tantrum? Am I okay with the embarrassing moment? Am I okay, you know, um, with uh, letting him, you know, disrupt my evening that I thought was going to be so smooth, you know? Um, but it's worth it. It's worth it. Don't reward unless you want them to repeat it. So start with the sign language. Just make it part of your everyday, even before they get it. Say please. They don't have to say. You can do it before they talk back. And then as they get older, um, we expect a complete sentence. I would say, and this is like I'm going to say upper elementary, middle school, maybe even lower elementary, they would come in, other kids at my house, here's the deal. If I'm hosting at my house, my rules. I don't care what you have. Allison's nodding her head right now. She was at my house a lot when she was younger. Um, my rules. My house, my rules. What you do at your house, I am so happy for your family. My house, my rules. That's okay. Don't feel like they're not going to want to come there. You just give them a lot of food. They'll always come back. Um, but they had to ask. They would come in. And now, anything that was on the island, they did not have to ask permission for. If it was out, they didn't have to ask permission. But anything in the refrigerator or cabinet, they had to come ask me. Miss Julie, may I please have um, a bag of chips? Ms. So if it's out, you don't have to ask. But anything... I. They know, I'm going to give them the chips, but it's that entitlement. You're not, it's not appropriate to go in, in, in somebody's house. Also, if I offer, do you want water or Gatorade? They're not allowed to say, do you have Sprite? See, I offered water and Gatorade. And so I taught my children that, like that is just a, that's just a courtesy thing. Um, but anyway, so they come in, welcome to anything, but Miss Julie, can I have an ice cream bar? I go, oh, I want to give you one. Wait two minutes, come back, and ask me the right way. And so it's, it's not immediate. As I get older, then they come back in. They'd usually linger. Mm -hmm. and, and then they come back in. Miss Julie, may I please have an ice cream bar? Absolutely. Take two. Happy about it. May I please? It's a complete sentence. Same with thank you. As I get older, I'm not into the robot thank you. Thank you so much for having us over. Thank you so much for getting us cookies. Thank you so much for the queso. Thank, it's a complete sentence. It is a complete sentence. We model that and we expect that. Um, and I know you guys are like, man, she plays hardball. Um, I do, but I've built a relationship first. And so, yeah, I have some pretty strict rules at my house but it's built on a foundation of relationship. And these children know that I love them and I want what's best for them. Here's the deal. If I know their lives are going to work better, if I know they are better off in a job interview, if I know I can help their marriage by teaching them please and thank you, then yeah, I'm going to play hardball. It's my responsibility. It's my opportunity. It's my privilege. So play hardball. It's okay. Built on a foundation of relationship. Okay, caveat. Sometimes I would be in a grocery store with Emily, with Joseph, 
And Joseph, like I said, super shy. Um, or maybe Emily was just not feeling it. Um, and so we'd be in a grocery store. Somebody would compliment them. And I knew the appropriate thing to do was for them to say thank you. But I had to choose at that moment. Am I willing to enforce what I'm about to ask them to do if they say no? Sometimes, when they were very young, sometimes I spoke for them and said, thank you, and I kept going because I thought, I don't have 45 minutes <laughs> to teach this lesson. But the majority of the time, I enforced it. Does that make sense? So don't feel like every single time... Use wisdom, discernment, and common sense. And if you haven't had your coffee yet, I'm going to say don't engage. You know, <laughs> I, I, I'm going to say back away. If, you know, you be smart. And, and here's the deal. Sometimes I, I would choose. Like, I acknowledge that I'm delaying his development right now. I'm acknowledging that. I'm going to try twice as hard this afternoon. <laughs> but I just don't have it. In. Does, does, I, I think we have to approach it with common sense. We have to be vigilant. We have to be relentless. But sometimes mama needs her coffee, you know? And so you, you have to be smart. Be smart. So yes, it's a big deal, but don't panic and feel like it has to be every single time. And if you see me in the grocery store and your kid doesn't say thank you, I, I'm not going to care, okay? So don't feel like that. Don't feel like, oh, gee whiz, now I have to. No, you don't. No, you don't. Um, okay, understands the relationship between work and reward. This is, again, teaching them that they have control. Um, it's getting rid of the victim mentality. Um, my parents and Mac's parents spoil our children ridiculously. I mean, ridiculous. Sometimes I'll joke with my kids and I'm like, is there something you want and you don't have it? I had no idea. Oh my gosh, we will get on that right now. I will inform your grandparents. We did not know how hard your life was. Um, so they are totally spoiled. Um, this, is, this was my take on it. I'm not saying it's right or wrong. I'm saying this is what we did. My grandfather um, was not generous. My dad chose to be generous. It made nothing makes dad happier than Christmas morning. Nothing. So I chose to allow that. Like, yes, did he buy my kids dirt bikes and we had nowhere to ride them? Yes. Was it ridiculous? Yes. Did he buy, I mean, Emily's, she, he bought her Burberry rain boots. She was like in sixth grade. Yeah, and I'm like, as long as you put a sticky note on there, my grandfather bought me these, <laughs> you know. But I'm like, his joy, that was a choice I made. That was a choice I made. And so I said, so I would always tell Emily, Grandy works so hard because he loves to give. I would say, look at Grandy's face right now. Nothing makes him happier than sharing with you. So you, you can choose to do as you want to. If it's too much, you make that call. Tell the grandparents when to draw the line. That was a decision we made. Um, we said, we will choose, you know, we can, you can still teach them work and reward. You can still teach them. And that's because our children were very um, receptive to that and, and very grateful. So, yes, but my dad, it was like ridiculous. I'm like, her poor husband. But um, not really because um, she's so grateful. And she's actually very paranoid about that because she realizes how spoiled she is. So um, she is, and, and Joe is the same way. Although Joe doesn't, um, Joe wears the same shirt every day. He, he wouldn't know if anybody bought him anything new um, because it would probably be under the third shirt. And yeah, he's never going to see that. Um, so, and then another thing that we do is we never say things like, we can't afford that. Um, people say, how do I teach my kids about money? And I'm like, odds are you already have. 
if you buy something when they break it every time, if you say, we can't afford that. It's not about what you can't afford. You're teaching family values. Our family's choosing to do this. We can't afford to go skiing. You know what? Oh, my gosh, you guys, Austin is the best weather spring break. I cannot believe we get to be here a whole week. You see? Because what you're teaching, you say, we can't afford that. You're teaching, well, we would do all that if we could. And that's not really true. That's not always accurate. And so I don't want to teach my kid to be a victim. You do what you can when you can afford it. I want to teach my kid to pick out the positive and go, hey, we do this because this is important to our family. This is what's important. Family time. Doesn't matter where. Teach family values instead of, you know, um, uh, uh, money chip. Um, <clears throat> allow everyone in the family to contribute to the home. I talk a lot about board games, talk a lot about chores. Studies show that teenagers find purpose and they feel connected when they still have chores at home. They want to belong and they want to feel needed and they want to feel useful. And so I say you start those chores at 18 months. If you can walk, you can work. You know, everyone contributes, everyone participates, and that you know, makes that connection work and reward. Um, when you're talking about don't ex you know, a, a child who doesn't expect or feel entitled, um, we say this all the time, guys, don't, don't intervene for your children. Allow them to suffer natural consequences. That's the best way to teach them that. Allow them to suffer natural consequences. And if they get left out of a party, if they, you know, I'm so sorry, her mother's mean too, I get it. You know, no, we just move on. Validate the hurt, validate the disappointment, validate the sadness. I can see that that upsets you. Um, you know what? Uh, we don't even know why. And I'm not going to spend much more time on it than that. We don't know the whole story. There's no, re you know, and then move on. Move on. We're not going to put too much weight in, into that um, because we need to shift our thinking from provision and protection to preparation. Yes, I provide and protect. That is a huge part of my job, but my real job as they grow is to prepare. And so sometimes as our kids get older, we got to shift. Am I providing and protecting? That's appropriate sometimes, but at what point am I moving to preparing? Because that's the big deal. That's what's going to set them up um, for a win. I remember my mom must have left us with dad like twice. But, um, you know, it was many, many years ago, three girls. But I vividly remember my mom went out of town. It must have been like a convention or something. And um, she went out of town. And I can see her in our house on Flowers Drive. I can picture my mom pulling up into the driveway and all of us running out to greet the station wagon. And we all said, Mom! And one of us said, What did you bring us? Well, how do you think my dad responded to that? You know what my mom had gotten us? Do you guys remember? You may be too young. But there was this thing, this lip gloss that was in a glass jar with like a glass ball with a gold lid, you know, and it was like clear. My mom had gotten three of those. My dad took all three and he put them on top of the refrigerator for weeks to remind us that we never greet mom with what did you bring us? Now, at the time, I thought my dad was totally terrible. But what I see was he was teaching us gratitude. He was teaching us not to expect or to feel entitled. He was teaching us that our words affect how my mom feels. I don't know if you know this, but your mom's human. She's a person. I was like 21 when I realized it. But, but we need to teach our children your actions affect others. Your words affect others. 
You can, with your words, with your facial expression, make someone feel awesome or awful. Now listen, as moms, I don't say, you're making me feel awful right now. Change your words, you know. I don't say that to my kids. My kids can't control me. You know, I'm the mom. I'm the adult. I take responsibility for how I feel. Um, But they're friends. Their teachers, their bus driver, their choir teacher, their coach, the woman taking tickets at the gate at the game, the checkout man at HEB, teach them to use their words, to take responsibility, and to do good with their words, their works, and their actions. Um, Celebrate when others receive favor. This is the last one. You know, we went through all four things. And how do we teach that? Um, Playing games is a big one. And any opportunity that they can say, I'm, I'm happy for you. If you've got kids big enough to uh, choose, um, you know, front seat. And so when I had other teenagers and we would drive and somebody got shotgun, whoever got shotgun, um, whoever called it, everybody else had to turn to them and say, I'm so happy for you. Um, from the back seat, from the very back, they all had to practice saying, I'm so happy for you. I know, it was great. They loved coming over. They loved it when I drove carpool. But you know what? You make them do that, and then you give them some candy. Um, you keep feeding them. It's not. And then generosity. Um, when you teach your kids to be generous, to give away, we had a rule in our house, I'm not going to buy any new coat hangers. So if you get new clothes, you give some away, always. It was just the way we did I'm not going to get you more closet space. If you don't have space, give something away. And so it's just something we always did. But they learn to give, and and they learn the joy in giving, and they learn real giving is when you give something that you really love, not something you don't want anymore. So when they learn to do that, there's nothing like generosity. We create opportunities. We create opportunities. We teach our children to look for and create opportunities to feel grateful to express thanks, and then to be generous. Those three things. And it's something we all can do. All ages can do that. Some kids, it comes much more naturally. And that's awesome. Reward it. Reinforce it. Don't be frustrated if your kid is slow to get there. That's okay. That's okay. Everybody learns at his or her own pace. They learn to read differently. They learn to speak differently. And they'll learn to express gratitude at their own pace. But we have an opportunity. We have a responsibility to increase our kids' happiness by increasing their attitude of gratitude. Remember, above all else, guard your heart, for it determines the course of your life. This parenting thing, much more about shaping a child's heart than it is fixing a child's behavior. It's not about how everybody sees my kids and sees that they're grateful and thinks I'm awesome. It's about shaping my child's heart and taking my responsibility as mom seriously and teaching them an attitude of gratitude. Because studies show it makes everybody happier. So let's pray. God, I thank you so much for today. I thank you, God, that you remind us in Romans, you work good in all things. You work things together for good for those who believe in you. So God, we come to you now knowing confidently that when things are bad, you are still up to good and that you can help us see that good. God, help us teach our children to see the good, to pick out the positive, to see and express gratitude. And God, we are thankful to you for giving us these children. In Jesus' name. And everybody said, amen. Amen.